0: your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And
1: I'm Travis Barnes.
0: And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast.
1: Sponsored by Journey333. That is a place of mind, body, spirit that helps you with fitness, coaching, and nutrition to look better, live better, and feel better. We produce these episodes every week for your enjoyment to help people to overcome adversity and live their dreams.
0: Yo, 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 it's your girl and boy, CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And
1: I'm Travis Barnes. And
0: we're the founders of the Overcomers Podcast.
1: The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey333. Now, that's a place in mind, body, spirit. It's fitness coaching and nutrition where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better. Today, we're joined with Chris Poyer, who's the general manager of Perform Better. Perform Better is an awesome, awesome fitness equipment company that puts on the best conferences around and I gotta say that we always talk about being life changers. Well, Chris orchestrates what it takes to change the lives of life changers. That's really what's <laughs> going on. I'm like, so, like, I am just so excited, Chris. Welcome to the show. Travis,
2: Cindy, thank you for that uh, exciting and in, uh, uh, in, uh, introduction. Thank you so much, and it's a pleasure to be on.
1: Well, Chris, you know you're the general manager of Perform Better, and without Perform Better. I mean, I wouldn't have some of the mentors that I've had in my life. Uh, uh, when was our first Perform Better? Was it, uh, what was it, 2010?
0: I was going to say eleven. 2011.
1: Yeah, 2010, 2011. 2010, yeah. But, uh, man, I've just always been so impressed with what you do because everything you guys do, you do with excellence. Not only do we get excellent equipment, all of our journey locations have pretty much everything Perform Better. Uh, but we get such great education from you. You know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you were an education
0: company. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, we could easily go there. And I just yeah. want to say, Chris is the general manager. He orchestrates all that. And uh, he's greatly responsible for the learning that our coaches have received over the years. But before we get too deep into that, I guess we should go back, right, Chris? Let's talk about Perform Better. 30 years, and you've been there since the beginning. Since the beginning,
2: yes. The long, um, long journey. I know I'm 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 really only like 40, but it's it's you know I've been here since I was uh, 20.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, let's take us back. Take us back to how Perform Better got started, and and you know what was it like in the early days? Because now you guys have so many different things that you offer the world, but I mean, let's take it back to what you were initially offering in the beginning and the size of the company, and you know, uh, then we'll go on. Sure. Well,
2: Perform Better is a um, where a um, um, full name of the company is MF Athletic Company. Uh, MF started um, 67 years ago. Now, I wasn't around then, but the owner of the company, Bill Falk, who was a a college collegiate track and field coach, which actually was where I where I played football at college. And I knew Bill, I knew I, I actually grew up in the same town where they lived. Um, so I knew him very well as both a track coach and as an entrepreneur and businessman in the town. But um, Bill actually, uh, 60 some years ago, developed the heel cup and he de- uh, the hard shell, the MF heel cup, which was which was really what created MF Athletic. And, and, and Bill's idea around that cup was he as a track coach, he had a lot of his athletes were getting plantar fasciitis. Um, his jumpers, his high jumpers, long jumpers, triple jumpers, everyone, the pole vaulters, everyone that took had that penultimate step where they planted the heel in. So Bill had a lot of plantar fasciitis on his team. So one of the things he tried to do was alleviate some of the pain. So he came up with the idea of creating a heel heel cup. And of the time he was the first to create a heel cup. There were no Tule's or any of these soft ones out there, which I know there's a lot of different versions of heel cups out there now today. And, Um, Bill's patent expired a long time ago, but it still is a very, amongst podiatrists, it's still a very, very popular um, uh, protector for plantar fasciitis and protecting that heel and providing it some support. Um, But Bill, as a track and field coach, um, towards, you know, later stages of his coaching career, actually started a track and field company. So that was about 45 years ago. Um, And as you know, we, we, it's still our sister company. It's called MF athletic, everything track and field. Um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a good, decent size part of the company. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's one that actually allowed him to get into and to start perform better. And his goal was, Hey, you know, in track and field, you have you train all different types of athletes. You got to train them to either, you know, run faster, jump higher or be more explosive. Um, and he thought that that was, you know, th- those are three great, training traits for football players, you know, because in the same thing, you have to have your, you got to be fast. You got to be strong. You got to be resilient. You you know, you got to be more explosive. And so he came up with the idea of uh, perform better in 1992 to basically to go after track and field coaches and to basically show them other ways of training, you know, more functional, the, the word function, as we use it today, you know, more medicine ball, more total body type of functional training. Um, and that's where we first started off and you know and with 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 football coaches I came from a background in football um, I played football played overseas um, coached it came out as a head high school football coach right after I, got, I graduated from college um, got into that's a whole different story but got into coaching I'd still be coaching if I w- if I didn't get a head job right after college it was I was way too young to be a head coach and there was so much I had to learn that I, I didn't learn it as an assistant or on my way up. I learned it at the top, and it was it was a very bad experience. So I was looking for a way to get out. Bill was looking for someone to come in to take over, perform better, and to get it into that could speak the language of football to coaches. And and sure enough, when I came into the company, I bought right in to perform better. It was it was complete perform better different than what you would see today. It was a twenty page black and white catalog. Um, I think we had some pages, we had one item on a page, you know, we, we only had like 35 products in there, but, uh, um, it it was, it was a good start and a good feed for that first year. And as we grew over the last 29 years, going into our 30th year, we sort of took on new markets. So we had, you know, we, we saw that there was a relationship we had in rehab, you know, rehab and, in 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 training were very, very common. Um, you know, we, we, we went into other sports, baseball, basketball, um, hockey, soccer, we started to branch out in other sports. And, you know, as you know, in the early 90s, sports performance was something that was really a specialty. Mm-hmm. Outside of predominantly football, there were, there were hardly any other sports that were training year round for the sport. Um, so we got, you know, we sort of moved into as that growing market, but one also market we found, Trav, was, was, was fitness. And it was the rise of the personal trainer. And a lot of the personal trainers came from a mold of like either being strength coaches or coaches coming into and not having enough athletes or not being able to, all right, I train athletes from three o'clock to five o'clock, but I, what do I do the rest of the part of my day? What do I do all day? Or what do I do at night? And it's like, so the fitness world sort of was an easy match for us to grow into because we found that a lot of coaches were also, fitness coaches, you know, so we just call them coaches. And generally they train, they train both athletes and they train, you know, they train a high level athlete at three o'clock, but they'd also train a mom at five o'clock in the morning, you know, 60 year old, you know, mom or grandma. So it was the fitness market was an easy one to, to, to grow into. And it's been our fastest growing market over the last three years. has been the fitness market, obviously for the pure numbers alone.
1: Now, let me ask you, if we go back 30 years though, and I understand the performance was coming on and and so was function. And it was it was coming on. However, there were still a lot of people stuck in the, the model that was maybe given to us by, you know, guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, so yeah. um you know, we're talking about back then, you know, 35 uh, page catalog, you know, 35 yeah. pieces of equipment really, right? You know, that yeah. we're offering as a company. And you have to uh, you're you're coming at it with a new mindset right? You know, you're kind of talking about function and performance and things like that, you know. Um, what was that like? Because, you know, I mean, you're setting up these trade shows and you're trying to <laughs> try to show people, uh, get them to see the light, right? You know? Well, it was difficult and sort of that's what,
2: so we started seminars actually our fifth year in. So in 90, 97, 96, we started to plan on it because before that, What we were doing, we didn't have any education, but we did shows. And we always, every show we did, we always brought, we were big components right from the very start of education. So every organizational show we did. And back then, I mean, now we do over a hundred shows a year, but back then it may have been five to 10, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It shows, but every show we did, we tried to bring in a speaker. So we would offer either a strength coach or a trainer to come in and speak it. You know, whether it's a, you know, a fitness one or, or a strength and conditioning clinic or a sports specific clinic, we would hire a trainer to come in to talk about basically functional training, which basically gave the idea to me about, you know, we're doing all this sponsorship of education. Why? And, and, but it was just going too slow. There was only two or three events a year that we would sponsor someone for an hour. And we're thinking, you know what, let's start our own education so we can spread the word of functional training a lot quicker. And get more masses and we didn't know how many people were going to come we didn't know how big the market is of outside because we weren't at the time the only education that was going on were through organizations you know there were membership organizations that they had their own clinics and stuff so we were you know we were unheard of of a of a, of a equipment company coming on with an educational platform and um, sure enough, it turned out to be a success. We were able to pick and choose our own presenters, the presenters that we wanted, who are, who are speaking about functional training, who bought it, you know, who, who are preaching the word of it. And we started to find a lot of these people. And as it grew, we, you know, as we grew in, in, in 15, you know, 20, 25 years of, of education, we sort of built in a huge stable of educators that talk about functional training and what it is and how popular it is. And it's, you're right. There was a lot of, we met, we met head to head with a lot of, you know, especially in the world of football coaches. I mean, we were, we were coming in and, and trying to preach more than just a bench and a squat. You know, we were trying to come in with some medicine ball stuff, throw and yeah. speed and agility, power. Let's get plyo boxes. Let's do, let's do power training. Let's not, let's not neglect that. Let's not neglect speed. It's not just all strength. And right. it's definitely not just all about bench press and squat.
0: You know, there's a lot
2: of other, other, Mm-hmm. other strength exercises that are much more valuable to a, to a, to an athlete or to a football player than that. And that was the, so it was, it was definitely hit head to head. And, and we had, you know, it, it, it took a little while, but thankfully we were in the right time. And it was that I always say the nice thing about functional training is it's so easy to explain because you don't really have to prove anything. <laughs> you, uh-huh. All you got to do is just watch a sport you know and if you're watching will tell you everything that of how you should train for it you know it just it'll it, it's just and that's what we always say about life just watch life it'll tell you how you train for it why that's
1: why functional training makes so much sense well we are, we are grateful for guys like you that help spread the message of functional Sweet. fitness because what we do you know that, <laughs> yeah. that's what we do this is how we make a living um yeah. There must be some lessons in there, Chris, you know, because, you know, you weren't even sure if there'd be a market for it when it comes to, you know, getting speakers and putting on education and things like that. Uh, you know, to me, there, there's a couple of lessons in there. Uh, you know, one is, of course, if you do something well, there's always a market for it. But, but you know, I mean, what, what did that teach you early on about, you know, how you were going to grow the company and, and you know, market the product that, that may translate uh, for other people that just kind of, you know, take some lessons from that?
2: Well, you know, it it was a long shot, Trav, but it really wasn't a long shot because our philosophy was very, right from the very, very start. It, it, We didn't, and here's our number one secret, and I'm probably saying our number one secret out there, and hopefully none of my competitors are listening right now, but to tell you the truth, when we first started education, we did not care about making money in education. That was not our intent. Our intent wasn't about it because we were already, we were already paying organizations enough money and bringing in consultants to speak at their organization. So we were already paying money for education going out that we weren't getting anything back on. So our, our simple philosophy was let's, you know, it's, it wasn't about, does this seminar pay for itself? That was not it. I didn't have to match, you know, I didn't have to do a business plan on it, you know, and, um, the whole nice benefit of it was that the more we could educate people on functional training, the more that we eventually down the road sold in functional training products. So it was, uh, you know, it, it, we knew it would be a win win, but, it, and we had, you know, with by even putting in speakers into organizations before we knew it was a win, you know, yeah. we knew it was getting the word out. Um, so we knew it was going to be, you know, it was, we sort of knew it was going to be, so it wasn't like a, it wasn't a long, it wasn't a long step or it wasn't a far-fetched thing for us to be successful. We knew we were going to be successful from day one and it had nothing to do with exactly making sure that it paid for the seminar paid for itself. It had nothing to do with that. So yeah. from that standpoint, we're already a step ahead.
1: You just had to make it make sense to people. And it Correct. that's easy, especially when you partner with the right people that, to have the right information to convey and, and things such as that. So this is a, this is a good time too, to uh, allow people to see the picture. You said back then, uh, I don't know how many shows you said you were doing, but now you do hundred shows a year. There was 35 products back then. How many products are there now?
2: We have over 1500 products now, a hundred page catalog. We actually have way more online. We probably have about 25 to 30% more products online just because we don't have enough room to put them in the catalog. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's grown, it's grown quite a bit and, in, in in through a lot of different areas too. You know, we've increased, um, our sports performance end, our end, and our fitness and in our, in our rehabilitation end.
1: and was the original home base uh, Providence?
2: It was, yep. Cranston, Rhode Island was a, for, was, was a home base. And, um, and now we're in, uh, we're in West Warwick, Rhode Island. So we're, we're only about 15, 20 minutes from our original building we we're in.
1: Okay, so now think about thinking about thirty-five products, you know, starting out there in Rhode Island, and uh, how many different countries do you go to now with with shows and you know, where's perform better reaching from where it was back then, you know?
2: Well, we we've had we have partners, you know, we have partners in Brazil, we have partners in Germany that do German, uh, that do PB Europe. Um so they basically they license the name from us, even though it's the partnership doesn't require a monetary price of the license. It just requires them to do specific things that they have to do. They have to be in education. You know, that's first and foremost. They have to they can't just come on with equipment. They have to be part of education and they have to be built around education. That's first things first. Um we have um uh what do we have? We have uh Europe, Brazil, we have Japan we have china um, we had the middle east unfortunately the people that were running the middle east moved had to move back to ireland so they, they we had to they had to close up the middle east which was in dubai which was a nice nice place to have it but again they were way ahead of their time when they started and they started about 8 years ago and it was just even functional training over there was just way ahead of itself and unfortunately they had, they didn't get enough time to for the curve to catch up to them before they had to, before they had to leave um, Australia. Um, we have a PB Australia that does a lot of education. Um, Russia? We uh, we have a Russia. So we have a partner in Russia, in, in Moscow, that is a fitness company that actually, that we've done some, a lot of education with and, and sponsored some speakers for them to do. So yeah, another one, they just, they're one of the only ones that don't go by Perform Better. They still use their name, but they they use us as uh, as as their um, education tool.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of people look towards America. You mentioned like some people being ahead of their time, even though you'd been doing it for, you know, 20 years or whatever, you've already been spreading. Yeah. the And there's a lot of other countries that, uh, that look towards America to make their updates. Right. You know I mean? So they're kind of looking to you and partnering with you. So then that way they can uh, spread the message is a a little bit behind there, to be honest. Right. Yeah, no, definitely.
2: In the world of fitness and and functional training, the U S was definitely in the lead by, by far, we were probably about eight to 10 years ahead of the the Europe on it. Um, The European fitness. Now the European sports performance was, was on it, but you know, it's, it's, this this sports performance in Europe is not quite what it is here. You know, it's not, it's just a small percentage. And usually their sports performance deals with high end. It's either soccer clubs or it's, you know, track and field or Olympic athletes, you know, dealing at the highest level. It does their sports performance like ours over here starts at age like 12 (laughs) middle school. (laughs) Someone starts in a sports performance program. Because they want to make that middle school basketball team or baseball team or that high school football team, so it starts here a lot younger, and it's 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 delivered to a lot more people over here than it is over there.
1: That's a lot of countries and a lot of products, you know. Like I mean, it's just yeah. uh, a lot of growth over the years. Looking back, you know, as I look back on my life, certainly there were different uh, milestones to. So starting journey and, and starting, you know, other locations. And now here we are a franchise and, you know, with uh, big hopes and dreams and that kind of thing. Um, when you look back, were there important decisions or milestones that's allowed you to have the reach and uh, just make the impact that you're making today?
2: Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I definitely, the, the biggest milestone I would think in our education um, was back in 2001 we started summits we started our very first summit which was a multi-day event obviously what it is now a three-day or actually four-day if you include in the pre-cons and stuff but that was sort of a milestone because before all we were doing was one days we were doing like Saturdays uh you know learn by doing where you know lectures in the morning hands-on in the afternoon and that was the extent of our education and we were up to doing like 15 around the country but you know, we couldn't. You know, we were looking for that one big thing that would step step us out of the box of you know 150 on a Saturday because that's pretty much all we could really take. Some we had 200, but it got a little too crowded for like a one day. But we needed something to get us with a little bigger attendance and a bigger draw. And the um and the summits were really that one that that got us out of that. And we you know we we you know we we as you know now we have three uh, four summits you know between Orlando, Providence, Chicago and in in, um, in uh, Long Beach um, highest one we get it at, at, at is we you know Providence gets an average of 13 to 1400 attendees Orlando being our lowest is between 400 and 500 attendees and the other two Chicago and Long Beach are around 7 to 900 attendees so we you know it's it's to get all those it, you know was an amazing accomplishment on our end to that the summits but you know as the one thing is is people came out for them and people come back and people like the education. And we try to keep changing things around with the education and changing topics. But one of the things that we've, we've done is we've stuck with a lot of the same people, the presenters, you know, over the years. And it's one thing you've seen is with, we try, we never try to have them come back with the same presentation, but we try to keep a lot of the same presenters, even though it gets hotter and hotter. Cause as we try to get new presenters, it's okay. How, how do I fit them in? Because it gets hotter and hotter. But, um, keeping the presenters and, and, and giving them different cities and having them grow with us. And as they grow with us, they also grow as a speaker. You know what I mean? And it's always even, you know, I can tell you, we, we were talking, we were talking with Martin Rooney, you know, Martin spoke years ago at a one day for us. And, you know, I can remember Martin's first talk. Martin was always a really good presenter, but he was very nervous in his first presentation. And it was, you know, he, there was other people that people were there to see. No one was there to see Martin but they came to listen and they heard Martin and it was good. And as Martin did, it it is like anything, Martin got better and better each year and created a following after, you know, first five or six years. And then after that, he, I mean, obviously he blew up, but it was, as you can see, if we let Martin go after the first year or second year and just re switch it all, there probably wouldn't have been a Martin Rooney, you know, because it would have been, you know, one and done or just a couple and done. So so, and I can say that not just with Martin, but I can say that with a lot of our presenters that have gotten to the point where they've gotten really big is we've, you know, we've we've provided a big enough platform and got attendance there to see them that showed them to shine their stuff. So it's, and, and I always say that our summits are built around, Trev, they're built around people coming in to see somebody else. And while they're at the summit, they hear somebody else and they're like, wow, this guy's pretty good, but they were there to see this guy, yes. you know, they came to see, either Mike Boyle, Todd Durkin or whatever, or, you know, Gray cook. But then they heard Travis Bond speak and it's like, wow, this guy's pretty in. And then the word slowly gets started on that. So that's how those balls get rolling. So.
1: Well, thank you for that. Uh, as far as the, the summits that you've created in the, I mean, man. Yeah. Uh, that's what
0: I, I was going to say. Well, I love the summits. Love. Uh, we love to take um, new uh, employees of ours, new coaches or even <clears throat> veterans. veterans to keep them coming there but you have an amazing staff yeah you're you're i mean and and they've been there for years because yeah. as we're talking that we've been there either 2010 2011, 2011 yeah. we well, see yeah. the same staff yeah. right there you know helping us pick out equipment or showing us you know where to go whatever like getting us set up giving us our registrations our badges all, i mean they are fantastic. Do
2: yeah, you, no, I. They work right with you, right? They do. They do. Unfortunately, now in the office, there's nobody, you know, I'm in the office. I've been here since, you know, since COVID struck, but there's, everyone's been, all my team has been working from home. So I have a couple of people I haven't seen in 14 months oh, wow. on my team. Whereas before we were all right around each other, you know, within 15 yeah. yards of or 20 yards of each other all in the office. So it's, I, I we have a great team. You know, yeah. and I think the the one thing with our team is it it leads by, you know, I think it it leads by example that everyone knows the right thing to do, and and if the, if someone's doing the wrong thing, you sort of weed yourself out, and you find that you don't fit in on the team. It's almost like that team that you have that, you know, the one kid that maybe tries to go against everything else, and you know, our whole our whole philosophy is service and customer service and. You know, and, and, and when you hire people that have that that goal or you sort of, you know, you sort of put that goal in their head as that's the one thing that, that we need. It's okay that you may not know everything a medicine ball can do. We'll teach you that. That'll come. Yeah. But yeah. Are, you a, are you a good person and are you good to people? You know, well, and that's... I'll, I'll that's yeah. For like us,
0: people. and we've, yeah. I mean, we've ordered equipment for all of our journey locations and if we ever have questions, you know, your staff is tremendous. Yeah. They're thank so you. Yeah. And when we are at any of the Perform Better, you know, summits, they're super helpful. They're yeah. always, yeah. So you do it. So, a-
1: thank you. Carlos. Yeah. Shout out to Carlos. He's
2: Carlos, great. yeah.
0: Yeah. That's,
2: yeah, no, we... It's just, we, you know, we, the, we we get the right people in and they just, you know, they know what to do and they know that it's, you know, we're, we're all about that and that's everything. And no matter, you know, we basically tell them that there's there's, there's nothing you can ever do wrong that's helping the customer. And, and when they have that, when we envision that, they know that they're basically, they can do anything they can to help the customer out, to make the customer happy. Um, again, we can teach them, you know, we can teach them, The ins and outs. And that's another good thing about our education is our education does our our education program does a great job with training our staff Um, because our staff gets to see. I mean, they they get to see as, you know, if they're traveling to that seminar or whatever, they see just as, you know, they're going four or five, six times a year to a seminar where they're hearing, you know, the top 15 to 20 presenters in the country to present on so they're they're far ahead of a lot of people out there with education in the in the industry in the field so you know they the education will come to them and they'll learn all that but again it's like I said earlier it's it's uh, being a good person is our number one rule here that's 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 it
1: you know we just had Martin Rudy on and he was talking about his book high 10 which is going to be a culture book for teams and families and uh, businesses well, what you're talking about there, Chris, you're talking about culture and you're great at picking presenters, but it, you're saying that you talked about weeding out. I think yeah. it was Peter Drucker who said, culture will eat strategy for breakfast every day of the week, right? You know, and yeah. what you're saying is, I work really hard to have a culture that we can keep. And, and you know, you care more about heart than uh, not. We're that way when we hire a journey. Right. We're yeah. like, well, listen. Yeah. We can, we can add certifications to this person, we can add education, but we can't give them the heart that we need them to have. And so we really look in our interviews and the processes for that. Um, you know, what's a, what do you feel that you've done best to, to have the kind of culture that weeds people out?
2: I think, the, I, and, 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 and I know it's, it's I, I, I know that it's pretty redundant and everyone always says it, but I really do believe that, that cultures lead by example. And I think it starts at the top, how, when they see people, when they see how I treat people, you know what I mean? And, and, at whether it's at seminars or anywhere else, I think that's the tone that is set down below, because if they see, you know, if they start to see that everyone on the team is just so, is just just being so nice to people and just so outgoing and friendly and helpful, then they're going to be, then if they're not going to be, then they're going to, they're going to know that they're, you know, they're, they're they're in too deep, or they're not in their right element, and then maybe it's something not for them right away. And we usually can tell right away. And thankfully, we haven't had that many. And and the other thing too is it doesn't just tie over with my staff too, Cindy. It goes into our presenters, and I've had presenters not come back because they wouldn't answer a question in the corridor after an after a seminar with someone with an attendee going up to them. Like I've seen how they've treated like, and if they don't, if they're not going to treat the customer. Yeah. or the the attendee you know yeah. just like we're treating we're not going to have them back no matter how good of a presenter they are like mm-hmm. in and that's you know we've had really really good presenters not come back because they just you know they they weren't nice people after they gave their talk they you know they didn't want to give the time to the attendees they just you know they 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 wanted to bolt or they wanted to leave and it's like you, you know that's that's something that You know, an attendee, no matter how good your presentation is, if you go off to someone afterwards and they come up to ask you a question afterwards and you sort of, you know, you sort of put them off to the side or you downplay their question or whatever you do to them that just makes them feel uncomfortable. No matter what you did in that presentation, no matter how good it was, you just neglected everything. And not only did you neglect everything because it looks upon us, too, is because we're the company that brought them in to present. And it reflects on us. So if you're not going to do that, then then it's we we you know we can still be friends. I just can't have you presenting in front of attendees that are coming to us because it's they won't come back because of that. Oh,
1: that's a great way to put it. It's but so you true. have to protect your house. You got to yeah. protect your culture. Yeah, Those yeah. Are the Boundaries that you set in order yeah. to ensure that culture stays intact. So so that's a great lesson. You know, don't let that person define your culture. You're going to define it by saying, you know what, that's not a good mm-hmm. fit for us. So that's really. You know, yeah,
2: and I think that and that leads by example with the other presenters when they see them all talking like it sort of has created in the ball rolls that, you know, that the, the ones that have been around for a long time know that that's part of their job is to answer questions and to be at the social and to be friendly and to be outgoing because people are looking for them outside of their presentation to yeah. talk to them, to ask them questions, to, to sort of get more information from them. Yeah. And and if they're not going to be available for that or if they're going to put that off, then it's it's it's, it's it, it reflects on us. And that's the tone we don't want to set. So it's it's
1: for those listening. Chris just said social. Yes. Uh, for those of you thinking about going to a perform better summit uh conference the socials are amazing as well they got oh my goodness the food the drink there you have a, a guitar player that travels with you right we uh, do
2: we do we do kevin uh, a local guitarist who actually has won numerous awards for you know for being a, an independent you know an independent band but he's uh he's um kevin's been our guy for a long time and it, and it just so happens that when we first started the summits, we were looking around getting like we would go out to California and we would look for a talent agency there and we would hire someone that was in a book. And it was just somebody that was, you know, overpriced, really wasn't talented. It was like ah, it was why are we getting this person? And then we we found Kevin. Kevin was from Rhode Island, played. You know, we saw him play at a couple local bars. We had Kevin come play at our summit. This was now. Ooh, 15 years ago, back in 2006, seven, maybe 2006, Kevin came, played for us and we we're like, I, he was so good, so friendly. Did, it was great with the crowd and we basically said, Kevin, do you want to travel with us? And he's like, at the time, he was just playing like two or three nights a week at a at a bar and he was, had a regular day job. Yeah. So now Kevin, all he is is a musician. He doesn't he doesn't have a job. He plays every, plays every night. But the first thing he always puts on his schedule, one of our summits. Because we awesome. know that Kevin's Kevin's going to travel because we know what we're going to get. We know we're going to get entertainment that's going to keep everybody everybody happy. He's got, people are going to go up and ask him to play stuff, and he's going to play it, you know, or if he can play it, he's going to play it for him, or he'll chat with him anyways. He'll he'll even stick around and talk with people afterwards. So, yeah, he's got the same mindset. So it's, it's – I guess it's – you, you sort of try to create your group. And Kevin is what we call one of our groups. He's, he's like one of our presenters, even though he's the head of the entertainment on Friday night at the social. Um, but he is, he definitely has the mindset like we all do, you know, and that's just keep, you know, making sure everyone's happy. Everyone's having a good time.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. We love Kevin. And not only, uh, do we get to take pictures with all the you know, great presenters and stuff, but we've been up there photobombing with Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. <and he laughs> for us, you know, so it's been amazing. It's been amazing. You know, over the years, no doubt, a company like this that has been around for 30 years and has faced some adversity. You know, this is the Overcomers podcast about overcoming adversity and getting to the other side of things. And, um, of course, there's been the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, what do you feel has been your greatest challenge, uh, you know, being able to perform better since the beginning and helping it grow?
2: I, you know, I, I think it, most definitely it's been the pandemic has been our, our biggest challenge that we've had in 20, you know, 29 years, almost 30 years. it's It has in so many different ways. I mean, one's it's, you know, we've been doing, you know, as I said, uh, Trev we're up to about 100 seminars a year. So we, we've gone from traveling to completely not traveling. You know, in, in a full year, we didn't do, you know, we just started to do shows again, but really for 14 months there wasn't a trade show we had nobody traveling there wasn't anything going on everything was zoom or zoom webinar there was no really traveling to go out and see people so it was really i think that was the hardest because for the first time in in 20 years i haven't seen customers on a on a annually basis you know where i would see them at this show and that show and you know there's been people i've seen for you know for 29 years at at particular events that it sort of skipped a year, you know, it sort of, everything was sort of put on hold. Um, So yeah, by far, by far it was. I think another business wise, another trying time was, you know, 2008 where we had, you know, where everything sort of crashed and I don't want to say crashed and burned, we were still doing okay, but we, we, we weren't fully where we were, but we were still in a growing, we were in a, a rapidly developing and growing company that basically just got put on pause for like six six months to a year and a half that just that just stopped. And sort of that sort of set us back a little bit as we had, you know, but it didn't it didn't stop us in the way that COVID did, where it stopped traveling, it stopped people from coming into the office, it stopped seeing customers, you know, it just it it was just a it just a, a different 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 world this last year and a half.
1: Yeah. No doubt. You can say that yeah. in a while. <laughs> um, you know, so what you were describing, though, is the ability to connect with people, to have that face-to-face interaction. And, you know, when you lose that, it, it's tough. You know, it's been tough for us with our members yeah. try to coach them virtually versus in person. So let me ask you this. Um, you, you, Everybody talks about pivoting. Uh, what's the number one way that you pivoted? Uh, the number one way that you adapt, adapted to that? Sure.
2: You know, we, we definitely pivoted during COVID and it was a huge thing for us, but we didn't, you know, we pivoted from obviously from one areas, we basically went from, we went from directly God doing a B and B to B company. So we were, we, you know, we we're a 98% B two B company. All of a sudden COVID hit in most of our businesses, whether it was the school and sports performance, there was nothing going on, whether it was the fitness ones, they were all closed. Rehab was the only B2B business that we were still doing business with, but some of them were still very, very quiet. They weren't doing the things that they did before because they were only taking, you know, appointments for people that were really emergency situations at first. So we really pivoted at first to going B2C. And we, you know, like, like we did with you and like we did with a lot of your clientele. I mean, that, uh, you know, the biggest B2C, our biggest B2C benefit came from the businesses that we dealt with getting their customers to buy from us—that was sort of the biggest pivot that we had during COVID. Was was and that was you know a, a lot of gyms around the country that we were doing business with that were that were starting to pivot and do online training, but they realized that their clients had to have tra- equipment at home. So they were starting to, and we were arranging packages for their clients and stuff. So that was sort of a big pivot for us to develop, to go into that consumer world. But it wasn't It wasn't just a broad-based consumer world of fitness. You know, we were basically a targeted consumer world where we were targeting after, you know, the, the customers, our everyday customers, customer. You know, um, that was the big pivot for us. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't all of a sudden. And then I think by July and August, I think then, the regular consumer world, who was trying to look for kettlebells, and everywhere else was sold out, were then trying to find us. So by summer of last year, they were finding us, the regular consumers. But most of our business was already set up with the customers of our customer. Yeah. Um, so for us, for that, we're very, very thankful because that sort of kept us, kept us in business and kept us going. Um, and on education, as we pivoted, as you know, we pivoted into to doing a lot of online Zoom webinars. And one of the things that we said, as long as our trainers were not, gonna, were not getting paychecks, we weren't gonna charge. We weren't gonna charge for the Zoom webinars. We were to provide as much education as we possibly could for free online. And I think at this time we did, um, I think I counted, we did about 112 Zoom webinars in the last 14 months. So all from all over. And I, and, and right from the very beginning, we were basically doing business ones in last March and April, we were doing business webinars that were basically, basically telling trainers to, Hey, pivot, get, do online training, do something. Cause it could be longer than it could be longer than a month. It could be longer than two months to, to keep your business going. So we try to provide some education at first on to helping trainers to, to do, how do you do online? What do you do with it online? And and it, it it ended up being it it ended up being a savior for us because I like I said I it's this I get more emails a day just from people who are on our Zoom webinars that we've been doing just asking you know I can't wait to go back to a live one I can't thank you enough for the 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 ones that you've been doing Zoom wise but I'm dying to get back to a live one so and that was our goal our goal was not to lose customers it wasn't to like lose the lose the um, atmosphere of, a, of our education program. We didn't want to lose that. And sometimes that's, that would have been an easy thing to lose. You don't do an educational event for a year. You sort of you let it go during a pandemic. And then you sort of the toughest thing is bringing it back, you know. And so that's why we did everything we could to keep it going.
1: You did a fantastic job. Thank you for giving our customers something to work out with besides water bottles and book bags yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And the Perform Better Summer Series, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, that, that was great. You're putting out uh, educational information. I think that the lesson in that is, is you know, find a way to still do what you do, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How can people? Uh, people are going to want to know they're learning about perform better. Maybe for the first time today, some people listening to this show. Um, where do they go to learn more about the summits, the equipment that they can get, all that kind of sure. stuff? Sure, sure. The all right, couple
2: things. First thing,
1: you can go to you can go to uh,
2: the uh, for if you are an Android or an iPhone user, go to the go to the App Store. You can download the Perform Better app. Perform Better. Just type in Perform Better. Um, You'll see it's a free app. It's a downloadable to, uh, to your phone or to an iPad. Um, on there, there is over 350 educational um, seminars on there for you to view. They're all free. The app is free. There's we go back years. So you can go back and check some of our summits three years ago. Um, you know, some of the Trav, I think you're on there from your presentation last summer is on there on the app. Um, yeah, I heard that people the, are liking
1: that one the best actually no I'm yeah
2: yeah that's 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 the word i've been hearing that's, um it's uh but you can get that so that's our educational platform and we're always going to be uploading new new presentations on that uh you can go to our um we have a new summer series that's coming out we'll be doing it every thursday on live zoom webinars and um They're going to be starting uh, Thursday, July 22nd. They'll be running every Thursday at two o'clock Eastern standard time for four hours. Now this summer, what we're doing a little bit differently, and this may be something that your, your attendees may like, it's not just a simple topic and a simple presentation. We're doing something a little different where we're doing um, we're bringing in, as you know, we're bringing in groups of four people with one central topic and then we're firing away questions at them. And then after every, presenters answering the question. So it's a little bit like a round table. It's a little bit like a podcast and it's a little bit like a Zoom webinar or a webinar where we have a central theme and a central topic, um, but they're gonna be a little different. And the reason we're doing that is because I think our attendees got very, very tired of listening to Zoom webinars, You know, after doing 112 of them. I know we did. We wanted to do something a little bit different. So we changed it around and we wanna offer more, um, I don't want to say real life or real we want to we're offering more discussion into it. So it's not just one person speaking for two hours. It's it's a group of four people that are going to be speaking, sharing ideas. There may be some debates over some topics. There may be some over questions where one coach does it this way. One coach does it this way. But it's all, you know, as as. As we're setting it up this year, it's going to be really, really cool to do. And I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. It's, it's sort of like a new, we've never done it before the way we're doing it this summer. So they'll be exciting, but they will be on the Perform Better app afterwards. And Perform Better, if you go to performbetter.com, the schedule will be up on there on our seminar page. You can see that. And obviously on that website is all of our equipment as well, Trav. So you can see everything, everything that we offer and everything we carry on there as well.
1: That's awesome. And I love these little mini think tanks that we're going to do, like little mini math, whatever, to hear it from multiple perspectives. Wow. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you for all that you're doing with Perform Better. Uh, We just can't thank you enough for the opportunities you've given to us and our team. And thank you for being on the show today.
2: Travis, Cindy, thanks for having me. It's a
1: pleasure to be on. Thanks for tuning in to the Overcomers Podcast, sponsored by Journey333. When I am not hosting the Overcomers Podcast, I am working at one of our fitness franchises – so that I can continue to help people overcome adversity on a daily basis. That's right, people come to the Journey 333 fitness franchises because they want a coach in their life. They want somebody to help them overcome the adversities of life, motivate them to higher levels of greatness, bring out their potential, help them lose weight, get off medications, fight depression, fight anxiety. That's what we do on a regular basis. If you feel like you want your life to be about helping more people to overcome their adversities If you feel like you're an overcomer and you want to create more overcomers, then maybe owning a Journey 333 franchise would be for you. To find out more, go to www.journeyfitness333.com.